Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and we are here today for another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And today we have with us Janelle Killingsworth, who is a career and business strategist at the Black Career Diva. And we're so excited to have her here today. Thank you for joining us, Janelle. Thank you. It's nice. a pleasure having you and having me here. I'm so glad that you invited me. Thank you. Uh, we're excited to hear about your story and your journey and uh, the lessons that you're going to share with us today. So we want to jump right in um, and find out about you. You know, so share with us who you are, what you do, and how you are impacting the world. Yes, well, a little bit about me. So I am a my um, trade, a college professor, and. It's kind of interesting because my background is in politics. I um, started teaching about 11 years ago at the community college level, and I taught government. And what I started to see in my classrooms were young African-American women who wanted to start businesses and they needed help with their careers. And what I found was that they were hanging out in my office after class and asking me for help with their careers and businesses. And so it started happening so much that I said, you know, there's something deeper going on here. And I said, you know, I need to really figure out how I can help these young African-American women. And although at the time my trade was not, you know, career uh, coaching or business coaching, um, you know, because my background's in politics, I decided to go and research Black women and career development and business development, but particularly I was interested in millennials because those were the type of women who were coming to me after class asking me for help. So I decided to go back to school. I went back um, to get a doctorate degree studying Black women and career and business development and particularly looking at millennial women. And so that's how this got started. It was really something that I did not expect. Um, I almost say that it chose me. I did not choose it um, because I had no idea that I wanted to get into career business coaching. That's not something that I would have ever imagined, you know, 11 years ago. And so mm -hmm. then I created Black Career Diva to focus on helping millennial women um, with their careers and businesses. And so that's kind of the background story of how Black Career Diva was um, birthed. Um, and so I always say, you know, when you have a calling, uh, sometimes you don't expect something to call you, but it does. And so um, that's how I ended up here today. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so you describe what you do and how you're impacting the world, but who are you? <laughs> so yeah, well, who am I? So this is, and I, and I tell this story because I always think that 
we get we get a premonition early on uh, when we're children, kind of what we're destined to do. And I, I remember five years old lining up my Cabbage Patch dolls in my grandmother's living room. And I would have school. I would have school. I would have whole sermons. I would like, you know, uh, have speeches. I would present to them. And little did I know that that's something that I'm doing today. And I, and I want to say that we have gifts. And sometimes we're not really aware what those gifts are. But we can even see them, though, when we, when we were children. When I was a child. Mm-hmm. I loved teaching. I loved speaking. And I'm so passionate about it today. And I think that's what I was called to do. Um, I grew up as an only child. Um, I didn't grow up in a real big family, but I love teaching. And I love helping people and inspiring people. And I've had a lot of great mentors along the way who really encouraged me to, you know, use my gifts and to not be afraid to be authentic and to be myself. And that's what I really try to empower, you know, other women to do, right, is to use your gifts and to not be afraid um, of, you know, using those to help other people. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So I, I like how you made the point about, um, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't think that you have gifts, but you can see them if you look over your life, you can see how they were expressed in different ways. Um, and then when you look now, how you're utilizing the gift of teaching and speaking, even if you knew, you know, as a child that you were going to be a teacher, right? right? You still are in fact <laughs> teaching and your coaching right. is being expressed in a different way. Right. Um, so I think that speaks to just, you know, one being like looking at your life with open eyes to really see where the signs and the symbols are about, you know, what you were called to do and what you've been gifted with. Um, but then also being open to how those things may actually manifest in your life rather than being this the kind of single track mind of this is this is how I have to use this particular gift or skill. That's right. And I think that's what a lot of women kind of graduate high school and college thinking is that, you know, hey, I picked this major and I'm kind of stuck with it. And there are so many possibilities and there's so many opportunities out there to use your gifts. And I wish someone would have though told me that though I did have mentorships and I did have mentors, but no one really said, you know, hey, these are the different avenues that you can take. Yes, yes. And the funny thing is, I don't, I don't know how much of my background you know, but um, I have a higher education background. <laughs> yes, yes. I over 20 years in higher ed. Um, academic advising, development, <laughs> student success and retention, like all of that. And it looks so much like what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Because um, I, I was pretty clear on what I was called to do, but just not how it would look for me. Right? Exactly. So I knew that I was called to help people um, and more specifically to help people to live the lives they were created mm-hmm. to live. So obviously if you're working in a college with college students, you're doing that kind of work, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> but it took me nearly 20 years to figure out that it was the right work with the wrong people in, on the wrong platform. Um, but I don't begrudge the time <laughs> at all <laughs> because it was a training ground. Yes. Um, you know, I learned a lot there and it helped to, you know, refine um, skills and things for the work that I'm doing now. But again, just not knowing anyone who did this kind of work, you know, we 
we didn't know coaches, like right. the sports coaches, you know, um, <laughs> we didn't know, you know, people who were writing books, like yes. personally, it just, just that lack of exposure meant then that, you know, our vision for what was possible was really limited. That's right. Um, so I, while, you know, social media, internet, you know, it has its good and its bad components to it. One of the things I do appreciate is that it allows people now to be exposed to things that they otherwise would not be exposed to, which just broadens the possibilities for people. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, I think more women need to hear that. And I think more women need to be aware that, you know, and sometimes you don't know immediately what you want to do, but it takes some testing. Sometimes you just have to put your foot out there, jump in and see what works. And sometimes it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to test it out and you have to try it and then something will fit. And so mm -hmm. I think that's just great, great advice to give women if you're kind of struggling with kind of what, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? Right, right. Try it out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sometimes you don't get the answer unless you do the doing. That's you, right. You know, the answer doesn't always just right. show up clearer. Like, yes. <laughs> what I was taught to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. So um, in this journey of entrepreneurship um, and launching and growing the Black Career, career Diva, what is um, a major challenge that you faced in this process? I think the major challenge actually deals with what we just talked about, which is, I think, very, um, you know, important. And what a lot of people miss is your niche. Um, I struggled the first two years of my business with my specific niche. Now, although I knew I wanted to help Black women, that's still pretty broad mm -hmm. because, you know, all Black women are not the same. And so, what I found to be problematic was that I was speaking to a large audience without narrowing my focus enough on my specialty and really who um, I really needed to serve. Because when you say black women, yeah, it's broad. And even millennial, a millennial woman, that's still broad. Mm -hmm. And what I really struggle with is, okay, what problem though do I specifically solve? Um, and so what I did in the early days, and this was a critical mistake, is that I tried to do both career and business at the same time, and it kind of confused my audience. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, one month I would sell programs on like, you know, how to help a person with their resume. Then the next month I was, you know, pr promoting business programs. And so what I, my advice is that you really need to be clear on what specific problem you're solving. Mm -hmm. And I wish that in the first couple of years, I had honed in specifically on what problem I solved, because I think it confused my audience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because they were like, okay, so she's talking about resumes one month, and then the next month she's talking about, you know, how to grow your audience. So what does she really do? Right. You know, what, what does she do? And so I think we try to be the jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that actually confuses our audience and people don't buy. Mm -hmm. And so I wish that someone would have really helped me hone in on my niche in the early days. And because I was marketing to, all, to, you know, all black women, all black millennial women. Well, right. everybody has a different struggle. Mm -hmm. And I wish I was very clear from the beginning on what that specific problem 
was. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's where, I, where I struggled in the early days. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point because I think we, we tend to want to speak to the largest audience because we believe that's how we'll make the most money. Like yes. that's how we'll be uh, or have the most success because, you know, we're talking to a million people rather than a hundred thousand right. people. Um, but if you're, if your message is not clear, you're more likely going to attract people who are lacking clarity as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're not sure even what they're looking for, right? right? But something resonates in your message and probably because it's like, you're not, you're not clear on what you're saying. Exactly. And they can recognize that. So there's actually a connection there, even though it's not really <laughs> a good one. Um, yes. But the reality is that you're, you're more likely to be successful if you hone in on a specific group and you do know what that specific problem is that that group has that you're equipped to solve and speak to that, even if it's a smaller number of people, because they are the people who are looking for what you have. Whereas that group of million, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most of them just, they're not. That's <laughs> they're right. Not what you have to offer. Um, even if they need it, they may not know that they need it yet. Um, so it's, we, we feel like we're losing out on something that's when right niche down but you're mm-hmm. really opening up more doors of opportunity when you niche down because you're able to position yourself as an expert in a specific thing that's right yeah. that's right and you know and i and i took a lot of business programs in the early days and I always seen, and I know that, you know, and a lot of them had the same, you know, who's your ideal customer. I mean, that tends to be kind of a, um, a common um, like module in most business like programs, mm-hmm. but I didn't know where to start. I didn't know who my ideal customer was. I mean, I, I thought I did, but it was very hard for me to nail down who the ideal customer. And I really didn't figure it out until I started working with people. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, and then it, it became a little bit more clear, but I just wish that I would have honed in on it a little earlier because it would have saved me some heartache, mm-hmm. I think, in the beginning days of my business. So I see that as a common mistake um, with a lot of women entrepreneurs is that they're, they're jumping in without really doing the, um, the analysis of who they're really meant to serve and who and what problem they're solving. Mm-hmm. And what result they're providing. Um, That's right. Sometimes you may have a result in mind, but it you don't know that you're actually delivering that unless you've done the work. That's right. <laughs> so That's you have right. to some clients, you have to <laughs> serve some people. That's right. If your process actually works and produces what you say it will, and it may work, but produce something other than what you anticipate. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And more women need to hear this because I think we get so excited about starting a business. Oh, I'm going to start a business and this is what I'm going to do. And then we get really disappointed when we don't make a sale or we don't get, we don't do, you know, what we thought we were going to do. It's because it's that early part of you, like the market research that we're missing. And I think that if we spend a little bit more time 
you know, maybe teaching that and having women understand that, that way you don't jump in and then you get, you, you really set yourself up for failure because you don't know, right? You don't really know what it is that you're doing. And so I think that's, that's kind of a piece that's missing many times. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And we, we tend to want to, when, when we're willing to make the investment for the help, we want the help that is going to help us get things done versus the help that will get us the clarity. That's right. That we, so people That's don't want to invest right. in getting clarity. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, like I, I should be able to get that on my own, but sometimes you can't, you know? Right. So, so I think that, that leads me to my next question. Um, how did you finally get, get the clarity? So I got the clarity um, by doing some research and some testing. Um, so I, I had to kind of fail, kind of fail forward as you, you know, you've heard people say, and sometimes that's the thing that actually, uh, moves you forward. Um, I've had, a, had numerous, um, programs kind of appealing to a different audience. And I realized that some audiences, and the problem that I was trying to solve, they just weren't responding. They just weren't interested. I mean, if I could, I mean, I'm just going to, you know, be real. They just weren't interested. So it took a lot of testing the market. Um, so I had to, you know, fail a couple of times. And then I also had to do research. I had to start sending out surveys and asking people, you know, what, what are you struggling with? Mm-hmm. And it's that the research and the testing that I think, um, really kind of helped me narrow it down who it is that I really serve. And mm-hmm. so um, sometimes you just got to do the hard work and sometimes we don't want to do the hard work, but right. you just got to do it. Yeah. And the thing is that we don't always have the answers to our own questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, I, and that may be kind of a a thing that you would not expect a coach to say. Right. right. <laughs> but, but it's the truth. Yeah. Sometimes we have in mind what our business is supposed to be, what it's going to look like, who we're going to serve, all the wonderful results we're going to deliver. And just that's what it is. That's what it's yes. going to be. But you've developed that on your own kind of in this silo, right? Right. right. <laughs> How that thing works <laughs> in the real world <laughs> might be totally different. Okay. Right. So you, you know, in talking about the, the research and the testing, it's, yeah, so if you think you want to serve a certain group of people, guess what? You need to go talk to those people. That's right. You, and, um, yeah. Do they have the need? Do they recognize the need? Are they willing to invest in the need? And, you know, what, what do they think is the solution to the need? Is that what you're offering? And sometimes you've got to mask what you know they need mm-hmm. wrapped up in what they think they want. Yes, yes. And you know, and here, here's the problem with women who have an education background. I think you probably, you, you can relate because we were both taught in higher ed. This, this is a, a problem that I know I struggle with because in higher ed and in the teaching field, we're used to telling people, this is what you need to learn, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, we have our list of objectives. Right. This is what I'm going to cover. This is what you need to know. That's it. But you can't do that in, in business. It's not, it's not what we always want 
to teach. And I think that's the biggest struggle mm -hmm. that I've had is that, you know, having the education background is like, you know, I can't just lay out a syllabus, right? Just like you would, you know, in, in a classroom. Right, and right. I really struggled with that because if, you know, if someone does not want to buy something, they don't want to buy it. And I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. And so I, that's, that's a struggle um, that I had in the early days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now to today um actually let's let's do this i want you to kind of demonstrate the clarity that you've gotten and share your message like what would you say um so that someone would know yes i'm in her target audience yes uh -huh. she has what i need and i need to connect with her Okay, so so if I were describing the ideal client for me, people who I serve and work with, it is a highly ambitious Black millennial woman who has a business that is struggling to get clients and struggling to really expand. And this is a woman who really is a genius, right? She's, she's, she knows a lot. She's an expert. She has, you know been on maybe some podcasts, you know, done a lot of things, but not really making the revenue that she's really wanting. And it's because mm -hmm. she doesn't have some strategies in place. Um, she doesn't have a system in place. Um, but this is a woman who is an action taker and is willing to do the work, who is um, wanting to make an impact um, not only in her community, but wants to use her message, right? Her the message in her business to really change the world, and so that's the type of of, of person that I would like to serve. Um, and I'm so I'm so glad that you said clarity earlier because, mm -hmm. um, boy, if I had had that kind of clarity in the early days, I think to myself, wow, where would I be? But sometimes you can't you can't go back like that, right? Mm -hmm. but sometimes you need to learn. Sometimes you need to fail forward. Right. right. So, yes, that was really good. <laughs> um, so let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk um, a bit more about you, the person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you find and maintain balance in your life? You know, um, and this this is something that I like to work with you know, more of my um, clients with because I, you know, it's still a struggle. Um, balance is hard. And I think that when you hear the word balance, it's almost misleading because things are not going to always be in balance. Um, I have a four-year-old um, little girl and I um, also teach still um, at the college level. And it's hard. It's hard balancing everything. And so what I do is I try to have limits. That's the best way that I can um, try to have a life that's, you know, joyful is to have limitations. You know, um, I want my daughter to be able to say, I remember the days when my mom played Legos with me on the floor and she spent time with me. I would never want her to say, you know, that mom is always so busy. She never had time for me. And so you have to have some limitations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it is, you know, women who are very ambitious sometimes we get in our little scientific labs and we just work from sun up to sun down and that's a problem because we're not taking the time out to really enjoy life you know and to just really um savor those memories that we have with our family and friends and so i have to and i struggle with it still but i have to have some kind of limitations like last night for instance 
I was, you know, working on some stuff. And I said, you know what? I got to stop this at, at three o'clock. That's it. I'm shutting down my laptop. <laughs> three o'clock well, in the afternoon. And oh, okay. <laughs> I had been working you know, all day. And but I said at three o'clock, that's it. The computer has to go off because mm-hmm. if not, I'm going to spend all my time, you know, doing, you know, business stuff. And I could be spending that time with family. So mm-hmm. I think you just have to have limitations. Yeah, yeah. Um, boundaries. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, what's one of your favorite resources to use in work or personal life? Oh goodness, goodness, that's there's so many. Um, here's what I would say as far as resources are concerned. I think mentorship, and I'm I'm going to say this: the resource get around as many mentors as you can and different types of mentors. Those are resources. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not going to say, you know, I can't say there's a book or, you know, there's maybe a guide to read, but for me, it's getting around other people who may be further along than I am and picking my brains about things. You know, sometimes we, we're so tunnel, we have tunnel vision, but just talking to somebody else can, they, they can kind of give us some other thoughts and things that we haven't thought about before. And I think that's why it's so great to have community. And I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I saw you um, from a mentor. I saw your, um, your anthology and I saw the work that you were doing through someone else, through one of my other mentors. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just, we don't know how much of a resource other women can be you know, listening to this podcast is a resource for you. Mm-hmm. you know? And so um, we have to use mentorship, I believe, as a resource. Yes, yes. So that's yes. to open up and talk and yeah. share. <laughs> yeah. So people can pour back into you. Right. Yes, because sometimes that's a challenge for women. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it is. And you know, as Black women, I, I think... Sometimes we think that we know everything and, and, and being strong and, you know, being highly educated sometimes is a curse in a way because we don't want to reach out for support. Right. We don't reach out for help and we know that we need it, but we just, you know, we just think that we don't, but we definitely need it. We need to depend on one another and, you know, and use each other for, um, for help and mentorship. Yes, absolutely. So let's here's to our word play segment. Okay. Um, so I'm going to share two words with you, and I want you to, you know, either define those words or share what they mean to you. So the first one is personal brand. Okay. Personal brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So personal brand to me is being your true self, being your authentic self. And I think the more that you let people know who you are and what makes you unique, um, the stronger your personal brand would be. Um, you cannot be anybody else but you. And I, and I tell people that all the time, don't try to be a carbon copy of anybody else. Um, be happy and be excited on, uh, for who you are and your personal brand are the things that make you unique and make you stand out. Um, there are tons of people probably out, right, selling the same thing that you're selling. There, there, there are other people out doing the same thing that you're doing, but there's no one that has your magic sauce, right, that has, 
that has your uniqueness. And that's what makes your personal brand, right? Is your uniqueness. Awesome. Now the second word is ambition. Ambition. Um, and that's a, actually a great word. I think that's a great word because I say that word all the time. In fact, that word is in a lot of my marketing material. So um, I think ambition is being your highest, is being your highest self, being the highest version of yourself, um, reaching your highest potential. Um, I want to leave this earth knowing that I made my full potential. Um, I, I do not want to look back on my life and say, there could have been things that I could have done. Mm -hmm. And I think ambition is about living the fullest life and being the highest version of yourself that you can be. And that's something that I strive to be. And I think, and I think we should want to do that. We should want to be the highest version, right. Um, of ourselves. And, um, you know, sometimes when people hear the word ambition, it can have kind of like a negative, uh, you know, connotation. But say, well, ambitious means that you're cutthroat. No, it doesn't. Um, ambitious is all about living your best, right, life and your highest potential. Mm. I, I like the clarification there because when we do say, you know, someone is, they're so ambitious and uh -huh. does have this little kind mm -hmm, of thing. Mm -hmm. like, yep. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I definitely appreciate your perspective on it. <laughs> um, so I know that you have something special for our listeners. So share yes. what it is and how they can get it. Yes. Yeah, so for um for the for the millennial woman that is really trying to figure out what her niche is, and that's what we've talked about today. I think that there's a great way for you to kind of start identifying what your niche is. And so I have a guide um, called the, the 10 Best um, Practices for Identifying Your Niche. And these are, you know, tips on kind of where to start. So if you're just starting out your business or you're thinking about starting a business um, soon and you're kind of still struggling with, okay, who do I serve? what problem do I solve? This guide gives you a starting point on some questions that you need to ask yourself. Like for instance, number one, or the part of the first three are, you know, doing some research, got to do some market research, you know, find out who the audience and some things about it. And so it's a guide. Um, there's um, a link to it on my website, um, blackcareerdiva.com. And um, it's great to look at. I mean, this, I thought about something, what did I need in the early days? And that just, that's, that's how I created What did I need to do in the early days to be a little bit more clear about kind of who I serve? So that's kind of what, kind of what the guy does. Okay, so ladies who are tuning in, you'll be able to find the URL to download that resource in the show notes. So make sure you take advantage of that. Um, now, Janelle, to close out the interview, let our listeners know how they can connect with you online. Yes. So, um, again, my website, blackcareerdiva.com. Um, you can definitely go to our website and see what kind of services um, that we provide. Also, a great um, place to also get connected is in my Facebook group. Um, I have a great Facebook group full of great millennial Black women. Um, it's called Black Millennial Women Create Impact. And it's for the ambitious Black millennial woman who really wants to start her own business 
and change the world. And so if you are interested in getting connected with other millennial women, um, it's a great group um, to join. Um, there are some great um, mentors in that group and it's a great way to kind of get connected. So uh, I'd love for you to join the group. Awesome. So awesome. Millennial Women Create Impact. Yes. yes. Uh, we'll make sure that's in the show notes as thank well. Thank you. So Janelle, thank you again for joining us on Women Who Launch and Lead. We appreciate your time. You sharing from your experience and you know your journey and the lessons that you shared with our audience. Um, I hope that they pick them up and <laughs> wrote them down and uh, will implement into their lives and businesses. But thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I had a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at sharitaweatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.